Now we've got to scramble. Walsh around the body, doesn't miss. What a star this young man is. To Kurnow. And Charlie Kurnow off one step. Just went bang. Durden, he saw his way through. And Honey Milk didn't put it right through the middle. Big moment. Kennedy, Walsh, bends it. Brilliant. This kid just keeps on rising. Gives it a roost. He gives it a magnificent roost. He kicked the goal. Walsh, here he is, straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? G'day, Blue Baggers, and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host, Jed Zetzer, here with my co-host, Harrison Hyman's-Bolt. Welcome to the show. Yo. Um, Make it pretty clear from the get-go, this is a round 23 review, uh, a full season review will be coming in the next week um so yeah we will separate them but we are here bolt to analyze yesterday's game in isolation i guess we'll obviously speak about the season in patches but a full season review is coming in the next week bolt first question straight off the bat from my end is just how are you feeling how have you pulled up and uh what's the thoughts going through your mind it was definitely it was just devastating i just bit numb just a bit yeah just yeah it's hard it was just heart it was heartbreaking it really was it's hard to put it into words as in the game was only 24 hours ago and yeah just shattered like you know for a season to end like that yeah i guess the last two weeks have rolled into one really but just the way yesterday unfolded just heartbreaking yeah it's it's um yeah, heartbreaking is the word I think that best describes what unfolded. Um, yeah, look, I guess it's fair to say that the last fortnight will either make or break this football club. Um, and, and I think that, you know, if if you are looking for... Po- I mean, I can't, to be honest, it's, it's too early to, to look for positives, you know, 24 hours out from that I'm not in, I'm not interested in positives just yet but if you are looking for positives I guess that could easily yeah make this football club they could grow from it you know listening to Voss's press conference you know there's plenty to take from that but yeah it's just it's just you're right it's a numb feeling um I sense there's a lot of people in the same boat but you know what what other comfort can you provide Bolt to those well well I guess you know, with what Voss said as well, I guess there's plenty to take out of the game. There's plenty to take out of the season. But, you know, in the end, we didn't get the result we wanted over the course of the season. So, I guess, that, and that's the disappointing part. You know, we made so many strides and, you know, we got to, you know, we entered new territory this year, but still ultimately the same result as the years gone by, which is why it's so frustrating. And that's why it is shattering because just the whole year felt different but it's ended the same exactly yeah and I think you know you look at how we've missed out as well by 0.5% or whatever it was it's the I think it's the second or third smallest percentage of clubs missed out on finals by um, and you know put the season into context you know we played Hawthorne and Port in the first month and had 50 point leads in both games Won both games by under a goal. Um, you know, though there's 
there's so much that happens in a season. There's always, you know, you could go ifs and buts, but at the end of the day, we missed out. Um, yep. And it was there for us two weeks in a row, at the pointy end, and it, it's tough to be angry with the boys because I think they played bloody well yesterday. Yeah. I just think it was as simple as they just didn't get the job done right. for one reason or another. They wet the bed in the last quarter. But, um, yeah. As in, and look, and that's why, you know, all the shit onto Corey Dirt and blah, 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 you know, try and get a score, hit a target. Like, yeah, it was a really bad error. But 0.5%, you're right. They, they, you know, you can look at easy shots missed throughout the year. You can look at anything. As in, it's so minuscule that... You know, there's so many moments throughout the course of 22 games where it's like, ah, we should have got an extra goal or two here, you know, or we shouldn't have conceded a goal or two there. You know, you look at those easy goals we gave up against St Kilda, kicking across the goal square in the back line. You know, so it's, you know, you can't pin anything on one player. This is a, you know, this is a collective result over the course of the season. And they, yeah, just couldn't do it. Yeah, we've fallen as short as you can possibly fall. 22 weeks in the eight. Um, you know, we were, we were inside the top eight from the first minute till the last minute and have been squeezed out. Um, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. And there's, you know, this is going to make or break this football club. We hope it makes a football club. I encourage everyone to listen to Voss's press conference. That was really good. Um and I guess, you know, they've just got to take this and they've got to remember the last fortnight. I think the most dangerous possible thing to occur from this season would be forgetting about this last fortnight. Um, but yeah, Bolt, let's get into the players. Um, well, if if we were the Adelaide Crows, we'd be on a bus tomorrow with the Collingwood and Melbourne songs playing around the bus. <laughs> Jeez, I hope the, the club won't do anything. No, I know, like definitely. That. No, no, look, they, they've just got to, as hard as it is to say now, They, I think they've just got to, it, it might sound shocking, they've, they've actually got to embrace the last two weeks and be like, you know, that's the type of football we want to play against two teams that made the top four. We've just got to get the job done. We get the job done, you know, we're sitting sixth or seventh on the ladder, um, seventh or eighth on the ladder, sorry, and we're, you know, playing finals. Mm. So it's not that they're far away. I've got no doubt on Carlton going forward off the back of what we've seen. It's just, I guess, for the, you know, you've got to live in the now. And for the now, we're not there. You know, we're just as good as North Melbourne this week heading into the finals. Mm. Yeah. Fucking North Melbourne. Don't get me started on those supporters after what's uh, come out on Twitter the last couple of days. Uh, or the last couple of hours, I should say. All right, Bolt, into the player analysis. Um, start off with the back line, obviously, as we always do. I want to start with Caleb Marchbank here because I thought this was his best game for the football club. He was outstanding. Oh, he was brilliant. He re- he was a wall yesterday. He was sensational. Um, hasn't put a foot wrong in the four games he's played for us this year. He's been great, and that's been such a handy addition into our team. Yeah. Um, a real upgrade, and yeah, young defender who can... He's very versatile. He was just great. And, you know, even such a turning point in the game, his rundown tackle in the middle of the ground in the third quarter yesterday. Yeah. Just huge. No, he was brilliant. Can't. Yeah. Very yeah. happy for him. Close to best on and he deserves it. And I think, you know, there's, there's sort of three stories, I guess, you can take out of this season from a Carlton point of view. The first one's obviously Sam Doherty, what he's been through to play 22 games off the back of what he's been through. No one knew if he'd play... 
this year, let alone playing round one and playing 22 games. And then there's obviously Charlie Kerno, who went through years of injuries and played 22 games, won a Coleman medal. And Caleb Marchbank is almost a third story there. You know, he, he neck injuries, shoulder injuries, ACL, just yeah. everything that he went through to come back. And then he did his knee again after the comeback game. Yeah, so comes back and does his knee in the last 20 seconds and then comes back again and puts together a fine month at the end of the season. You know, that's that's really important. And I think for next season, he's definitely one who we can now look at and say, well, you know, you're safe in the 22. Yeah, You've no, just got no to doubt. keep that up. Yeah, no, um, he was great yesterday. Yeah, so I think he was, yeah, close to best on for us, just unbelievable no one was close to best on bar one person well of course but he was in there um he'll probably get a vote for me um lewis young you know what yeah he was great again his last fortnight was outstanding it really was rebounded after a form slump he was outstanding again yesterday i thought Mm. you know cox was nowhere killed cox um young was great can't say bad word about his game yep um on the same weeders as in, yeah, it was definitely no. It was definitely his best, probably his best game since he's come back from injury. To be fair, um, you know, in those last six or seven games, you know, Majacek didn't kick a goal. He had a few shots on goal that he missed, but no, Weedering was much safer. Um, Zach Williams, I thought he was good as well. Yeah, he his third quarter was absolutely exceptional. He was that third quarter was incredible. His ball use, which is something we're not used to seeing, but. Yeah, his third quarter was unbelievable, Williams, and um, was almost the catalyst, if you want to say, to the comeback and 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 the and the run over the top of them in that third quarter because you felt like every time Collingwood went forward, Re- Williams was just rebounding so well. So yeah, got to give some credit to Zach Williams. Um, no, he was good. Sard. Yeah, no, same, same with I guess Williams a bit. No, Sard was good without being great. I think Saad... Made a couple of errors early, but no, Saad was good. I think with ball in hand, Saad was brilliant, but was he responsible for Ginevan? I didn't think so. I thought Williams had a lot of Ginevan for a while. I thought Ginevan killed us. Um, And Elliot... I guess with Ginevan, it's just more moments than... And I guess that's why he's so good. It's, you know, he takes moments rather than, you know, winning over the course of the game. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, Elliot, who was on Elliot? Um... Oh, I thought, you know, Stocker had a bit of him. Marchbank had a bit. They all, it was a bit of a rotation because it's such a fluid Collingwood forward line. Yeah, what do you think of Stocker? I actually thought Stocker was fine as well. <laughs> Nothing really, I mean, not much to be said regarding Stocker's game. I don't think he had, did anything bad. I don't think he did much great. I only had five disposals. You could say he did his job on the day defensively. So, March. Uh, it's really Stock. tough because like, we didn't really have any plays that necessarily let us down in a big yeah, way. Exactly. It's just we couldn't get there, which is why it's so shattering. Um, that all the defenders? I think it is. Um, well, Doc played mid this week, so yeah. I guess we'll use that as the transition. Thoughts on Doc's game? Yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was great. Um, Another one close to best on. Yeah, brilliant. Um, oh, I had it running through my mind because we, we react really, really well as a team. He's kicked three goals this year and we act really, really well. We've reacted well on all three occasions that he's kicked a goal. It's been... Round all, one, obviously. The GWS game and the first GWS game in this one. And 
and I had it going through my mind thinking, you know, it's such a team lifter when someone like Sam Doherty kicks a goal and, mm. you know, we'd won the two previous games and he kicked one in, but he was great. Just, I think, meters gained. I think he had over like 300 and a quarter at one stage. Yeah. Um, he Doc was good. Was, Doc was unbelievable. The, the mindset changed at half time. It was literally just a case of get it in long and strong. Just get it long and deep and let the towers go to work. And it just, it, and it worked because Collingwood were, you know, they were very gallant in defense, Collingwood, but they were undersized and their half back line was picking us off the entire first half. As in, I thought Collingwood's five best players to half time were Josh Dacos, who was dominating the wing, but running up and down. But then Noble, Maynard, Howe, and Moore were just killing us. Quayna? And Quayna. Quayna unbelievable. Yeah, you know, the whole halfback line was mm. just killing us. So the fact that you just get it long and deep and make it one big contest and just either we're going to mark it or just force it to ground and get a stoppage and see what happens, that was good. And I guess it got met, you know the disposal efficiency numbers might look a bit messier from our midfielders, but there was the clear instruction and it was working. You know, and Doherty was hacking it a bit, but it kind of had to be done. And I guess it's different from when Doherty hacks it, you know, when he's 30 metres in the D50 coming out to sending it in to yeah. a big pack. Um, Well, we got to speak about Cripper. Yeah, it was Captain Fantastic, wasn't it, yesterday? Yeah, it was... Yeah, you just... Just shattered for him, you know. He couldn't have done more. He really couldn't have. He was just, just absolutely monstrous for us. Um, and there was one play bolt in that fourth quarter where I think Collingwood had kicked their first goal on the comeback, or possibly even two. The ball was bounced, little contest. Ball spilt out, and Pendlebury was about to get the ball, and Cripps just dived on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. He threw his body on it and we ended up, you know, drawing a, a ball up from it. And that for me was just like, this guy's just, he, he did, he couldn't have done more. Did oh. absolutely everything. And, and and he was so, I mean, you know, he took that mark inside 50. That could have been the sealer had it not been a free kick against him. And, and it probably deserved to be the sealer. He deserved to have that moment and it was taken away from him. But yeah, Cripps, unbelievable, just an absolutely outstanding game of football in three votes. Yeah, oh, what a leader. As in, you know, the suspension after the Brisbane game to then be overturned and he left no stone unturned in those two games that he was probably lucky to play. Yeah. He was just incredible. Um, what do you have, 27 or 29 contested possessions? Some ridiculous number like that. Um, he was just a bull. He was just, he's just, impo- he was impossible to tackle yesterday. Just, just found a way, Cripps. He was, yeah. A massive in, swooping handball that went uh, out, led to a goal. He was, was just, just, he was amazing. He was just amazing. That was as much of a captain's performance as you'll ever see. And what a season, you know, because Cripps had two pretty underwhelming years by his 2018-19 standards. And shit, did he bounce back this year. He's just an incredible Korea player. best year, I think. Yeah, no, he's had a great season. So he had 35 disposals yesterday. 27 were contested. <laughs> Far out these numbers. Nineteen pressure acts, twelve clearances, five tackles, eight inside fifties. Just um just monstrous. He was amazing. You can't speak highly enough of him and like the, the pictures of him at the end in tears on the ground. It's tough. They're tough it's to It's heartbreaking, at. you know, and, and I want them I you know, you almost want to show the team those photos and be like, This is our leader. You know, use him as motivation 
He does everything, you know, those extra recovery sessions, as Voss mentioned in the press, are just everything. He ticks all the boxes and, you know, he deserves to see some success. And yeah, they've got a they've got a lift for him, Bolt. This is the end of the and we'll speak about this later in the show. We'll speak about it in the season review, but you know, now it's this this off season is critical. Yeah. It's absolutely critical. It's time to go. We you know, they they can't leave any stone unturned. They need to just they need to go this off season and Crips can be that motivation. Oh, for sure. Um let's talk about setters. Obviously Walsh laid out on the day Lockie O'Brien came in. Setters played basically every centre bounce. He was in there for um I'd say ninety five percent of them thoughts on his game. I thought he was much better. I, I thought it was a, you know, I, I guess he didn't have the tagging role as such, but it was just a, it was a more, it was a, it was just a better all round midfield game from him without being outstanding. Um, and he got the memo as well after half time. But no, it was a it was an improved performance from Setterfield. Yeah, does he get a contract for next year? We'll speak about it in the season yeah, review. It'll but... Yeah, it'll be yeah. I don't think they're going to get rid of him and Dow in the one hit. And I know Dow's the one that's contracted, but I'd assume they'd be looking to move him on instead. Mm. Um, but yeah, Setters... Yeah, look. Better performance yesterday. Oh, as in, still... he, he, he's not there. As in, you know, we were missing three frontline midfielders. So, look, he's a depth player, but, you know, he filled in, um, you know, as well as he probably can. I think it's fair to say if you replace him with any of Kennedy, Hewitt or Walsh on the day, we probably get get up. Yeah, hopefully. Some of those kicks inside 50 that he skied. Um, yeah, just... But he's, you know, he's not the one to blame for that. Um, but it was definitely an improved performance and he'd probably hold his head up high after that. Um, Chera, how... Oh, how, he was outstanding. How ridiculous was Chera? He was great. He was great. And, you know, you bring in a player of his stature in the off-season and, you know, he just struggled to get a bit of continuity during the season. But he had some really, really good games during the season. As in, there five, there's five or six that jumped to mind, but this was the best of the lot. Yeah. You know, he hasn't really been a guy that's damaged the scoreboard all season. He kicked two in the third quarter flurry. He was brilliant all day, Chera. And, you know, without, you know, we said, you no, know, while Stuart Kennedy, you know, he had to step up. It was Cripps and Chera take. Yeah, and Chera stepped up. He was just awesome. He It was an awesome Adam Chera game. Yeah, definitely his best game for the football club. Probably best of his career, you'd think. Um, yeah, he was unbelievable. Speak about O'Brien. I thought mm. he, he definitely started slow. He had, you know, he, he didn't start well. He was on... Josh Dacos was just the architect of that first quarter first half for Collingwood and O'Brien was stationed on that wing on the southern side for a while but he definitely got better as the game went on he got better late O'Brien there was a bit more drive inside 50 just trying to make a few things happen um he yeah, he got better late but yeah yeah I think his fourth quarter was great yeah I think he just put his body on the line um he went to work in the fourth quarter so I can't I can't, you know, have a go at Lockie O'Brien. He was, you know, had a fantastic last quarter and ended up playing 19 games for the year, Bolt. And, you know, it's important that... Because after a season like this, another season under Lockie O'Brien's belt, and it's like, well, he could upgrade himself to 
you know, instead of just being sort of an average wingman, he could become a really good wingman. So this preseason is pivotal for him. Um, Cottrell. Yeah, didn't do a heap, did he? No. There were a few really nice adventures here. Yeah, struggled to get involved, Cottrell. I, I don't think he did a heap, but I don't think Sidebottom did a heap either. I think he held Sidebottom really well. That was the clear, it was, you know, it was the clear, the, the clear matchup on the day. For, for Cottrell and Sidebottom. Yeah. Um, those are our mids done. Yep. Forwards. Um, or the Ruckman. Oh, the Ruckman. I thought it was a much improved performance. I actually thought he was good. I thought he was great, actually. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't I didn't think much oh, of this game. I thought there was a presence at the stoppage. I think he probably got the second most clearances for the team. Darcy Cameron didn't really get off the chain. I thought he was quite good, Pittonet. I thought that was exactly the response we needed. Unfortunately, I hate to, you know, because he didn't play, so I hate to bring him up. But it's probably the type of game that DeConning just would have drowned in. So, and I, I thought Pitternet really held his own. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the Ruck Circus is a circus. Um, Pitternet was improved compared to last week, but I mean, it was virtually impossible to be worse than he was last week, but... I don't know. I didn't think much of his game, to be honest. But yeah, but fair enough. We all see the game differently. Um, yeah, just I don't know. I, I, I I'm not ready to just settle for an average ruckman bolt. Like oh no no, no I, I no, want I'm, I want a good ruckman. No doubt. No no. I can I, I completely agree with you. As in Pitternet's probably not the long term answer, and I don't know if we have a long term answer. I, I, don't, I don't think we do. But. I think on the day, I thought Pitternet was quite fine. Uh, forward line, start with Charlie. Yeah. Look, Charlie was, Charlie was good. He got himself in a lot of positions to score. He just couldn't score. And at the end of the day, that's costly. You know, there were a couple of really rushed snaps towards the punt road end in the second and fourth quarter. You know what, you know what, pissed, you know what the one that pissed me off the most was? First quarter, ball got over the back and rather than grabbing it and running in, he tried to kick it out of midair. In the first quarter, that really pissed me off. But I, you know, Charlie, I guess he did what he's been doing all year. He just couldn't convert. But yeah, which is disappointing. But whilst we're here on Charlie, we officially crown him as the 2022 Coleman medalist. And yeah. an amazing, well, it's an amazing achievement. It's an amazing achievement. It is, um, especially considering what he's, you know, come back from. Basically, didn't play for two or three years there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Coleman medalist, unbelievable. But Bolt, I'm going to be honest that you know, and and you can't have a go at Charlie. He, you know, without Charlie, we don't, we're not even contending for the eight. But at the end of the day, there were some mind-boggling decisions from him yesterday, and and the one that stands out to me is that mark inside fifty, fourth quarter early, and you know, I guess that's. Probably the one circumstance in the game which resembles exactly what we need to be better at, and that is having some game awareness. It's the inexperience of not being involved in these moments. But he's been, look, the, the, the reason why that doesn't really piss me off with the decision to do that is because he's been doing that all year. It's just the execution was off. Like He's been doing that the entire I un- season. I understand that he's been doing that the entire season, but I think with a bit of maturity and a bit of awareness and a bit of just, you know, experience being involved in those moments, 
he will know in the future that even though he's been doing that all year, it's probably the better decision to chew 30 seconds off oh, the no, clock. I, I agree with that. Go back and, I agree and with just that. try and put it through. Um, yeah. Oh, in, no, no, I, I agree with that. You know, he, he, it's we, just, we were in no hurry in that last quarter. Yeah, I just think, you know, that last quarter, there was, you know, we, we, we scored zero goals, six. We owned yeah. the first half of the quarter as well. We completely owned it. And I think that had, you know, had we been involved in experiences like that before and circumstances like that before, obviously we were last week, but it's a bit different. I'm just saying if, you know, going forward now, I expect the club and the players to be a little bit more mature in those moments. And that, that for me is, it sort of epitomizes what I'm trying to say, that exact circumstance. Um, you know, our players just need to be a bit more, just need to be more experienced um, in those moments yeah. going forward. But, you know, I guess that's why Collingwood won the game because they've played so many like that all year and we're not quite there yet. Um, H? So I guess the same as Charlie, really. I thought H was quite good. Yeah. Took a lot of marks around the ground. He was a great presence, made it hard for them. But, you know, he kicked, he kicked a couple and, you know, missed a few as well. But same goes, really. You know, it's costly, you know, missing shots on goal. But, yeah, like he, he was quite good as well. Yeah. Um, Motlop. Well, I guess, you know, we've been speaking, we've been umming and ahhing whether he should be in the team, whether he shouldn't. And I guess, you know, the third quarter was vindication that, you know, yeah, he, he's going to have his moments where he's going to look like, you know, this dynamite small forward, which we think he will be at some point, We, you know, and, you know, he, you know, he could explode whenever, you know. I guess he wasn't really in the game much other than those two moments, but those two moments in a game like that is all you need. And, you know, he's hitting the scoreboard and great. You know, it was great. As in, it was the biggest game of his life. Well, I guess it was the biggest game for a lot of them yesterday. Most of them, but no, as in, look, Mottenhoff did exactly what we needed him to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I'm a big fan of Motlop. Um He was extraordinary when it counted yesterday um and especially considering i guess our other smalls weren't um, yeah exactly always yeah he didn't do a lot did he kicked he... a big goal but that was about it yeah yeah just didn't do enough Durden, the same just didn't do enough either he really didn't yeah i guess it hurts i mean for me i think that was Durden's poorest performance of the year yeah, he's had a couple poor ones in the back half but for me you know six disposals three tackles it's not much um i don't know that for me dirt and just needed to be better on the day um and i think it's you know if you get that extra 10 percent out of dirt and i know he's maybe we win yesterday um i don't know but yeah i mean we're not doubting dirt and he's going to be a great footballer he's got a he's got a fantastic career ahead um that all the uh, Fisher no we got nothing out of Fisher yeah didn't... we got nothing out of Fisher yesterday <clears throat> I think um, it was a tough game for him but just yeah but you know got to be better just got nothing and I guess the other one as well Silvani down there well have we not said all year those are our two barometers I mean, yeah pretty hot on it they are just because you know what they're those two middle tier players that have the ability to play like top tier players but they've also you know, Fisher to the, more to this extent, but they've also got the ability to play like 
you know, like, whoa. You know, if you're watching Carlton for the first time and you saw them playing off game, it's like, whoa. Yeah. And Silvani's had an ultra consistent season. But, you know, I think it's so important because, you know, when they do rise, they play like superstars. And they both didn't. Silvani yeah. was nowhere. Silvani just was completely shut out of the game. He was completely murdered, really. Yeah. Um, nowhere. Was Maynard responsible for that? I don't think so. Uh, it was it was just hard to gauge. He just you know he was you know his rucking was okay, but he just struggled around the stoppage. He just because you know, he's usually a really good lead up target around the ground. <clears throat> it just didn't work for him, and that's why you know it, the, the memo was long and strong. Yeah, Fisher just as well. I mean, yeah, both of them pretty non-existent all day, which definitely hurts considering we've you know said they are our barometers. And I think the other one, which probably falls into that boat as well, is Jack Martin. He actually started okay. He actually started okay. I actually, I actually thought he started okay, Jack Martin. He, he did fall away, and he didn't hit the scoreboard, did he? No. He didn't. He started okay. First half yeah. wasn't bad, but his second half, when the team was you know rocking and rolling, didn't really get involved at all. Um. Yeah, you know. I think going into season 2023, he's one that we absolutely need to just elevate. Like, we went out and got this guy. We were prepared to give up a first-round pick for him. He just... Yeah, we need more out of Jack Martin in 2023. Um, But that is all the players analysed. I'll get your 3-2-1. Well, it has to be... Paddy Cripps, three votes. Adam Chera, two votes. And it's got to be Sam Doherty, one vote for me. Yeah, I'm going Chera. Sorry, I'm going Cripps, then Chera, and then I'm going Marchbank. Um, sorry, we didn't speak about Mitch McGovern. True. Oh, he was oh, brilliant as well. As in his month post-injury, brilliant. McGovern was... Oh, McGovern. You know, I've always loved McGovern, and I've loved watching him. He's just... Such control, and like Marchbank did that beautiful rundown tackle holding the ball in the middle of the ground, which looked like a bit of a turning point as well in the game. McGovern was ferocious. You know, McGovern actually played with a lot of heart and soul yesterday. I agree. Um, no, I completely agree. And I, and I will just say as well, I've sort of brought up on this show once or twice before possibly some players who I question like how much they care, if that makes sense. But... <clears throat> think looking at all of them after the siren yesterday there's no you can't question it they absolutely gave everything heart and soul and literally just fell short but gave couldn't have given more on the day really um vfl mm. get to very quickly yeah well it was the curtain razor at the mcg and they got up in a tight one well, they Could made have. finals at least. Yeah, they're um, playing Collingwood in the first week. Couldn't have switched the results. Oh, couldn't have done that, but good on them. <laughs> yeah, I was at the game. We were both at the game. I think you were watching the Bulldogs I game, though. I didn't watch though. a minute of the VFL. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, I watched I was watching. I, I was watching glued it. Glued to the Bulldogs Hawthorne game. LFC, it was, you know, LFC went down to the oh, wire in Tassie. I don't want to hear the word LFC. I'm I'll, sorry. It'll be back for season two. No, I can't. What do you mean? LFC is dead after yesterday. 
I was so pedantic on LFC the entire season and everyone was like, nah, you got to relax. We got to look at top four. And I remember I tweeted coming into the Richmond game in the middle of the year. I said, I said, I'm pretty confident that tonight's eight point game will be the difference between making it and having, a, my quote was, a very likely chance of missing the finals. And I got slammed and slammed, but LFC knows how precarious and close this season was and LFC will return. But... <laughs> That's why I was watching the Dogs Hawthorne game. The um, VFL. Yeah. Hayes, oh, I think they said he was best on. Kemp was really good. Um, from what I you know, I was watching the whole second half at least. Um Brody Kemp was very good. Um to Conning took a screamer. Didn't do a whole lot otherwise. I thought Carroll was great. Um Sam Durden was good in the in the back line. Honey was big in the big moments. He actually played a Fantastic last quarter. A lot of tackles. They almost threw him on the ball. Um, Plowman or Plowman. Plowman had a good game, but from what I saw, but there was one moment like we're up by a goal with five minutes to go and he's taken, he's gone to take a mark on the goal line, literally on the goal line, gone for a chess mark. Ball actually bounced off his chest and spilt to the Collingwood player in the goal square. And he could have picked it up and kicked a goal, but he just stuck his foot out and missed. Like, the most lucky thing ever. But that was nearly costly. Um, so I guess it was a, basically a Plowman-type game, but, you know, played okay from what I saw. Dow, to be honest, did not see him. I can see here he got 24 touches. Couldn't tell you one of them, but I did also have one eye on that Bulldogs game. Yep. Um, and I think that's about it. That's our uh, Nakwe as well. He played three disposals. Difficult day. But yeah, uh, you know, that's our VFL done. And they are through to the finals. So they'll play Collingwood. Do you know, has that fixture been released? Yeah, I think it's... Well, I think it's on the Sunday. This coming Sunday? Um, no, I think the Sunday. No, yeah, this coming Sunday, the 28th, I'm pretty sure. So, at Victoria Park. So you'd say that... <laughs> yeah, I know, it's a bit of a... <laughs> you'd say that Aloha won't, oh, firstly won't be going. No, it wouldn't be at Victoria Park. It would be oh, at Gosh's yeah. Paddock. No, no, I'm pretty sure it's at Victoria Park. They don't play VFL there, do they? I think they're AFL. I think they, they sometimes do. I mean, it's at... Yeah, it's at Victoria Park. It's so interesting. Um, Sunday, 1.05. So you'd assume that Quite a few of the AFL listed players will play. Like Setterfield will play, Motlop will play. I'm, I, I'm not great with Bank. the eligibility around it, but yeah, Motlop would definitely be eligible. Um, I, I'd say so. You'd say so. Like, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? D- D- Dern won't be eligible. No. Um, he didn't play a game there all year. Yeah, oh, he's didn't either. Uh, Martin will be eligible. Setterfield. Yeah, we'll see what they do. You know, they might just pack him up for the year. Pitternet will even now be eligible, probably. Yeah, no, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I think they could easily win a flag if they if they all play. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, we'll see what happens. I don't think I'm going to be going to Victoria Park. I think that is a TV job for me. Yeah, I don't know. At this point in time, there's no ways I'll be going. I don't know if I can bring myself to do that, but we'll no. wait and see. Um, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. Um, Casey Demons copped their first loss for the year in the Did very they? last round. Did they? To the Brisbane Lions, 14-point loss. Um, 
<clears throat> wow, yeah. that's a bit deflating for them. Not that they really <laughs> care around Melbourne, but only finished three games clear. Oh, I only beat the Brisbane ones by about twenty goals. Um, all right, Twitter questions, Bolt. Yeah, let's get straight into it. And we will once again mention that we will be doing a season review in the next week. First question coming in from Damon Mill. Um, a lot of solid performances today just to try and take something positive. Motlop is going to be a star. Chera's best game for the club. McGovern had a great month. It's going to be a long six month months. Last week hurt, but that, that was pure pain. I still feel sick. Yeah, it was sickening. It was just... It was probably just our greatest nightmare, wasn't it? Well, I think I said on the show last week that it's basically impossible to get worse. And it did. <laughs> I know. It's just the fact that Collingwood's been, you know, they've built an amazing season off the back of doing what they just did to us all season. And yeah, they knocked us out by doing it. Um, Jimmy Faz says, what is both of your go-to methods when dealing with pain such as this? Do you focus on other sports? Do you get involved in finals bands or what helps you get through it all? It's tough because I guess in my time of following Carlson, I've never really, you know, maybe, yeah, I guess 2012 probably falls in a similar bracket. This was on steroids to 2012 though, but I guess, you know, know, you've probably, we've never really seen, I guess, such investment into a season to then fall so agonizingly short. So it's very hard how I deal with it. I'm, I'm usually not great at dealing with losses, especially ones like that, but I'm pretty into the soccer. Well, yeah. I mean, the off season, that we, will keep me going. But. We, we watched the Prem together last night. Yeah. Saw Leeds get a big win over Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, We're watching the Premier League. Well, um, Melbourne victory takes care of myself for the summer. But like, yeah, it's I, just, I, I, it's almost like I don't want to, it's almost like, I'm in that mood where you don't want to hear or see anything from Carlson until March. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the finals, but if oh, there was no, if there was a final oh, on tonight, I wouldn't watch oh, it. In terms of the AFL season, I'll, I'll sit down and watch every final. I'll be at every MCG final because I like the footy and I like the big games. It's just you won't be at the granny though. No, I won't be at the grand final. But um, yeah, it's just sad that we aren't a part of that. Um, yeah, no, I don't know if I watch. I mean. I'd say by the prelims, I'll definitely, I'll definitely watch both prelims. I'll definitely watch the granny. I'll probably end up watching all the finals, but yeah, if there was one tonight, I just wouldn't watch. Um, and um, let's all hope and pray that Collingwood go out in straight sets. Um, <clears throat> GA2502 says, should every goal kicker have a mandatory routine when under pressure in any circumstance you rely on habit? I grew up in an era of the greatest goal kickers in history, Lockett, Dunstall, Ablett in brackets, and I never saw any of them pull the kind of nonsense that we saw on the weekend. Well, I guess it's a different era we're playing in, you know, because that wasn't even a thought back in the days when those guys were playing. It's just the modern game, and look, it's worked for most of the season. As in, you know, they've piled on goals. It just, you know, let, it let us down, you know, in certain games. But, you know, all good forwards have really bad days in front of goal. You know, Lynch was under huge scrutiny in 2020 for it. Max King's been under huge scrutiny. You know, I'm pretty, I'm sure we all remember the start of Franklin's career. He couldn't, you know, he actually couldn't kick. So, you know, it happens. I, I, for me, you know, goal kicking routine is a personal thing and whatever works for them works. You just make sure it works. 
MP says, how many sports psychologists are too many? How many sessions a week with the group and individuals is too many? How do we move from the loser mentality when it's all most of them have ever known at this club? Well, that's the issue. And, and that's why, you know, I've been saying, you know, in terms of the larger scheme of things, making the finals probably wasn't, you know, the end of the world, but it was just so significant because we haven't done it. That's why it was so significant. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, the end of the day, this club does have, you know, not trying to sound harsh here, but let's be honest, we haven't made the final for nine years. The finals, I should say. No, this this club does have a loser mentality. Oh, it, it is right now. Carlton is a loser club. There's um, no two ways about that. And we need to turn that around. Uh, quick snap. GA has another question. Is there merit in recruiting some former premiership or senior players, especially for the forward line? Imagine having someone like Bruce, a proven finisher, and someone to go over and calm Charlie and Harry with some instruction. I agree. That That is a really good point because I think the forward line is probably the one area on the field where we are where we are lacking leadership. Not that we necessarily need it, but we are lacking a bit of leadership down there, are we not? Yeah, yeah. And like our three small forwards are very inexperienced. Not, none of them would have played over 30, 35 games. Like Corey Durden's played like 20 games. Yeah. Motlop's played 10. Always has played like 30 max. Yeah. Uh, Luke Bruce would be a shrewd pickup for the next couple of seasons. There's no two ways about yeah. that. Would be an incredible pickup. Um, Adrian Jassara says, what or who should we target to improve the list? I think we need some experience to top up and bring some calmness. Someone like a Bruce who can play a role and help bring on current players. There's a lot of talk about Bruce. Um, a couple more questions even mentioning him. I think there was an article somewhere during the week that said, you know, he was possibly open to a move. Um, did you see that? Is there anything worth touching on there? Um, I hadn't read anything on Bruce, but you brought it to my attention during the week. Um, yeah, it just it's a, it's a recruit that would make sense for where our forward group and team are at. Because, you know, I don't think we had any players play this year over the age of 30. Um, so, you know, as much as you don't want an aging list, you still need to have a diverse age demographic in the team. Mm. You really do. Um, so I think bringing in a few experienced... You know, it, it's really hard to label these guys as, you know icing on the cake type of plays when we don't even have a half-baked cake yet. Yeah. But we do have a really good core group of middle-aged players. They, they are really good. So I think just adding, you know, some really proven, experienced senior players is a must. Benj Michelson, is what happened the past couple weeks better psychologically for the club going forward? Or could this set us back again? Well, it's going to go either way. It's such a crossroads. As in the same thing, we've been talking about it, 2017 Melbourne, <clears throat> same thing happened to them. Had it made finals in a, you know 11 years at that point for them, missed it by 0.4% on the final day of the season and made a preliminary final the next year. It can go either way. It's, you know, it's, I guess, as it has been for the last month, you know, their destiny's in their own hands because I think we've got the cattle. It's just they have to produce the results. Um... Edward Trembath says, is Andrew Russell still there next year? Did he get loads wrong? Saad clearly looked cooked, but hats off to him. And the plethora of back-related injuries is very odd. Injuries cost us a run to a top four, not just the top eight. Surely his position is under the spotlight. 
It's tough, yeah. Isn't it? Was an injury riddled season. A lot of them were by luck. It's you know the soft tissue injury. The soft tissue injuries I get because it's an intense sport. The repeat soft tissue injuries I don't like, but the stress related injuries I really don't like because that for me is saying that there is something wrong somewhere with you know personal workloads. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think look. We absolutely had the most injuries in the competition this year. Let's just say that. You know, we're not using excuses. We've just gone on for 40 minutes about why we, you know, didn't make the eight. But, um, and yeah, this is not an excuse at all. But, like, we had the most injuries in the entire competition this year. And I think that we only had three players who played 22 games this year. Do you know who they were, Bolt? Doherty, Kerno, and the third. Let me just confirm. Yeah. Zach Fisher. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not a lot. Like, it would have to be... I think it was more... Yeah, you know, Injuries are going to happen because squads win the flag, not teams. But then again, you know... A lot of the teams that win the flags have a good run with injuries or they get them right at the right time of the year. I think with our injuries, it's just we went through a phase of the year where we couldn't put a back line together. Then we ended the season, we couldn't put a midfield together. We just got hit in the same spot, you know, mm. at certain stages. Like in, uh, injuries, like I, I, I don't get like salty over that because they happen. It's just It was just unlucky because they were all coming in the same position, As in which like- really pushes your depth. <clears throat> Zach Williams missed 13 games. McGovern missed 15 games, Marchbank missed 18 games, and Boyd missed 15 games. You know, there's four defenders who all missed. So three I think it was someone like season. Jordan Boyd. I no, don't, I'm just, I'd, only, I'm just, I'd only count him missing eight because the ones he missed at the start of the year were just him not being selected. Yeah, no, no, I understand that. But but what I'm saying is, like, he would have played those last two months. You know, he, no, he would have. <clears throat> no, I agree. Um, and then, you know, you look at our midfield. Hewitt missed seven games. You know, Cripps only missed a game. He got subbed off in one. Chera missed a month. Kennedy missed a month. Walsh ended up missing two games. Um, sorry, Newman as well. Yeah. Like, just underratedly a big out. Um, you know, you go to our... Yeah, I don't How know. How intense don't... must that infection have been? That gash that must have been so intense. Yeah, especially for him to have not got up yesterday. Yeah, well, they ruled him out pretty quickly. Um. Yeah, I don't know. You know, not even going to go on about these injuries. You could go on about them all, all night. But at the end of the day, we fell short. Um, Jason Lee once knows it's time to get Sav Rocker back over the summer for goal kicking instruction. You can't have a bloke on eight hundred plus k kicking three nine in the last two games where we lost a total of six points. Kills us. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like it, it's a big. It was a big issue on the day. I don't know if it's, you know, I, I, I think I think people think it's a bigger issue because they kick the ball so, because it's so unorthodox the way we approach set shots. I don't. For me, it's not something where it's like, I don't think it's what's the word. Uh, uh, I don't think it's like a habitual thing that they've got the yips because like, they've banged them in all year. I'll put it to you this way. <clears throat> H, 45 goals, 31 behinds for the year. 
and Charlie 64 goals, 42 behinds for the year. So remember those numbers. If you look at the Coleman medal and you look at the players around them, well, Max King's the first one. He kicked 52 goals, 41. Well, it's way worse. Way worse. Yeah. And, and you know, even someone like Tom Hawkins, I oh, know he was probably better, 59, 36. How did Tom Lynch go? Tom Lynch was 60, 25. Wow. Yeah, as in, look, it, it makes a huge difference. I, I, I don't think they're going yeah, I, 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 I just don't think that's going to be like... I'm going to be honest. That's... Kerno and Mackay's numbers are actually worse than Lynch, Hawkins, Cameron, Peter Wright, Norton. No, no, They're I, worse than all I'm of them. I'm not saying it's not an issue. I just think it's... I don't think it's that far on the priority... Far high on the priority list right now. No, it's fair enough. Um, all right. Next question. Um, M wants to know, will this pain ever end? Is there light at the end of the tunnel with this list or is the losing mentality so deeply ingrained that they will collapse un- under the monumental pressure that they'll be under next year because the pressure will now be huge until they play and win a final. Well, and, and that's why I wanted to tick that checkpoint off whilst we could because the pressure heading into next year will be extreme from all, like from everywhere at the footy club. The coach, everyone included, will be under extreme pressure to play finals <clears> next <throat> year. Um yeah, if we don't in- play finals next year. It's simple as Voss is gone. That's the first thing. Well, no, well, it's, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna say that in black and white. I will say in black and white that if we don't play finals football next year, they'll reset the whole coaching group again. I'm not prepared to say that at this point in time because but- I'll put it to you this way: the best. The best possible season to then miss out on finals is basically what we had this year. Yeah. We couldn't have had a better season with missing out on finals. So if we don't play finals next year, it means that the best case scenario we've had a repeat of this year, a repeat of this year sees him sacked. I'm sorry. I'm not saying... I just think as disappointed and upset as I am, we can't jump at shadows given how narrowly... like. Well, you know how narrowly we were off having a successful season. I, I just think it's a, you know, like nothing. I, I think it's a bit irrational to jump at that after what we've just seen. No, I know, I uh, know, but I'm just saying, you know, like in, if we go six and sixteen next year, sure. But you reckon you know, if we have the same season, what happens? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure, but I'm not. I, I'm not prepared to sit here and say I think he'll be sacked if we miss the finals, I, but he will be. But listen, I'm not denying the entire club will be under extreme pressure heading into 2023 to deliver because this is a team that is capable of finishing fourth, but if they don't get their shit together, they're just as capable as finishing 11th or 12th. And I'm usually quite pessimistic, but I'm quite you know, optimistic in the fact that I think we are going to ascend up the ladder. I don't think there's going to be any down for the foreseeable future. I think it will go up. But, you know, that expectation has to be delivered next year. There's no two... Because I didn't think we'd make the finals this year going into the season. As in, I was taken by complete surprise with the early season wins and, you know, with a 12-10 and 10 season. But next year, there is no excuse. There is no excuse. I'm happy to sit here and say now that if we don't play finals football next year, that is it. You know, that is... 
they'll just be yeah well, this let's year, wait and see how what happens yeah well this year would have broken a lot of people and fair <clears> enough <throat> but I think there is a lot of cause for optimism heading forward you know in the bigger picture but yeah for right now it's it's devastating because it is very much you know like what do we have to do because we're not even we're not even sitting here complaining like oh shit like another year of not winning the flag we're sitting here you know another year of not finishing in the top 45% of teams in the competition yeah, like it's so a we're, joke yeah we're not even asking it's a straight we're not, up we're, joke. Yeah, we're not asking for the world and that's why this club has been shambolic for so long because they haven't even been able to reach the top half of the ladder for the best part of 25 years yeah it's an absolute joke it really is a joke like this is for me the fight like I don't even know what more we can change, but if they don't make finals next year... That's what I'm saying. But I think this is where a really good and solid football club has to kind of make their stand because not much (laughs) needs to necessarily change because they were so close to where we wanted to be this year. No, Where we wanted to be for this, for season 2022, we couldn't have missed it without getting closer. It, It was virtually impossible for that to happen. I'm just saying, going forward, I don't think it's one of those things where everyone's put on notice. Everyone, you know, blah blah blah. I just think you've got they've got to go. I think they're I think they're a good football team. I think they've just got to go back, and you know they got to pinch an extra two, three wins and see what happens. The only thing that I'm pissed off with is that it probably I, I struggle to see a world in which Carlson just jumps in jumps into 2023. As a premiership contender, I think we're still in that challenger bracket. Yeah, which is frustrating because no, if we'd yeah, made the finals, then next what, year we could and, have and been. And that's contender. why it was so significant to make it because we've never made it before to just pass that checkpoint and say, yep, we've played a final or two, we've done that, and now we've got to go to the next base. And, you know, we're still that season behind where we now, after, you know, when we assessed this season eight weeks ago, we are. And now a year behind where we would like to be. Um, Radar says, "I'm a big believer in Josh Honey. He reminds me of <laughs> he reminds me a bit of that prick from Collingwood, Jamie Elliott. Um, Cunningham's smarts and awareness and his polish is what we needed. Um, <laughs> do you think our decision to allow the Dacos brothers to run around all day without an opponent was a smart one?" Well, we spoke about it going in. I said, you've got to clamp down on one of them. And Josh Dacos was just outrageous. He was just off. He was actually out of control. He was incredible, Josh Dacos. Yeah, Nick Dacos at 25 as well. He's in, you know, he sets up a lot of their play. I didn't think he was as damaging, but yeah, Josh was phenomenal. Damien Birmingham says, I'm just empty. Couldn't sleep and kept replaying that last two minutes for the second week in a row. I'm upbeat about the future, though. A more ruthless attitude to complement our good work rate. And we should get to where we want to be. Thanks for another great year of content. Thank you, Damien. No worries. Thank you. And yeah, it's 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 a tough, it's a very bitter pill to swallow. But it's, it's also just, you know, you think about it now. It's like, oh, it's like another 22 games we got to get through to get that opportunity again. Brady Park, that hurts. Do you think the pocket kick from Durden was meant to be a set play? Or do you think that he just had a brain fade? Either way, that was tough to watch. And thanks for a great pod this year, boys. Appreciate it, Brady. Thank you again. Um, and look, I, it looked like 
the area he kicked it to was occupied originally by Mackay. He just took a bit too long and Mackay had vacated that area. So they took the uncontested marks. I don't know if it was a set play, but it was just... Mackay had a stack of space yeah, where, it was where just, he eventually was. Look, it was just a horrible error, error by a very inexperienced player. Packet of Chips says, Could you see Oe's move to the back line next year as a small defender? He has great pressure but cannot kick a goal to save his life. Can't see that happening. I, I, it's something I've, I can't say it's ever crossed my mind. <laughs> oh, he's playing in the back pocket. Um, yeah, what do you reckon? No. No. Um, Mark, yeah, no, I can't see that happening. Um, I think with Williams, Sardin, Newman, and then we saw the... Boyd. We saw, yeah, we saw Boyd unearth Stocker. himself. And yeah, I think we got enough depth there. Mark DT, what is our greatest need list-wise? I'm in between outside ruck and sorry outside run and ruck yeah well we need both um what's going to make us a better team i'd say a ruckman's probably going to make us a better team but you know in the reality of trading a ruck is just so much harder to come across you know or a really really good one you know they can pinch hit another backup from somewhere i'm sure they can to create more competition so maybe they naturally get better that way but it's t- yeah a ruckman a really, really top-class Ruckman changes the outlook on this Carlton team. Um, yeah. Just having a look at these questions. Um, Tim's trading, was the season a success? What needs to change for us to go to the next step? Um, list changes, for example. Ruck, could we try Darcy at Frio? <clears throat> oh, I think that'd be a... You'd have to give up the world for Sean Darcy. Um, but I guess you never know moving forward, given Jackson's crossing over. So maybe, you know, he won't like that, but uh, you'd, look, Sean Darcy would be a great recruit, but, you know, how viable that is, I'm not sure. I like this from Mitch. Not calling for support, for supporter segregation or anything, but surely it can't be a good thing when there are loads of Collingwood supporters sitting in the Carlton members. Oh, well, uh, this has been a pet peeve of mine for years. And I don't even sit in the... Carlton members like I sit around I sit in a neutral area of the in the AFL members but it is a joke it is an absolute joke that opposition fans can sit in a team's club member area as in it should not happen and it's not even the people going that are at fault who the fuck is giving them those giving them those tickets like I'm sorry and I know it's your ticket to give out but to use a bit of common sense. No, you know what it is. Just have some respect. It, it is because people people you know, pay extra to not have to sit with idiots from the opposition I'll team. Tell, I'll tell you what it is. I actually, if you look at the dollar value in a club eleven in a club membership where you get eleven games of reserve seats, there's actually not a lot of money value in that seat. Like you know, you're paying well over what you should to go to the football. But the enticement is that you're sitting with like-minded people in a safe environment where you're all cheering on the one cause and, you know, you're with Carlton fans because you're in the Carlton members. Yeah. Collingwood fans, and this this happens at every club. This happens everywhere. It should not happen. It really should not happen. And it's really petty and, and I know some fans would go and be, you know, really, you know, to themselves, they get it, but... There's obnoxious people everywhere. And for me, it's just... It strikes me. It's like, what are you doing here? For me, 
it's as simple as... Well, didn't you sit there? You tell me. No, I was going to say, so I sat there yesterday. For me, it's as simple as, well, like, people pay extra. As you said, there's not much value in getting a membership. People pay the extra money so they don't have to sit with opposition supporters. Um, And what I'll say is, like the MCC, you know, the MCC has clothing attire rules. You have to walk in with a collared shirt. You can't wear tracksuit pants. You got to wear like jeans or smart pants. I don't think people should be allowed into the members area if they're wearing opposition merchandise. Like, I think it should be a straight up no. You're welcome to come in if you take that off. But no, you're not going to come sit in the Carlton members in a Collingwood Guernsey. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, I think that absolutely needs to happen. It's something that is just so simple. It also just... I mean, how does it look good that there's literally people in Collingwood Guernsey sitting in the middle of the Carlton members? Like, it doesn't reflect well on the club either. Someone is listening from the club. I'd love you to do what Melbourne did and send out an email to your members saying, as a bit of courtesy, please do not hand out tickets to opposition members because we know that Melbourne did that when they played us. Yes. They sent their members... I know, we know that factually. I read the email. Melbourne sent their members an email to... Li- to to tell what it what what did they it say? It was just kind of an email saying, out of respect, try not to bring Carlton fans into the Melbourne members as it is a Melbourne and home game. And that's so fair enough, so fair enough. But yeah, for me, it's that sort that sort of an an email and that type of messaging should go out to our members is a please don't do it. But what should absolutely be a rule is that if you are going to do it, if you are going to offer a mate at your ticket who goes for the opposition side. They should not be allowed to wear opposition merchandise. I just um, think I just think it's rude. That's and, what I, and and personally, I, I wouldn't in, in, I wouldn't dare sit in another opposition's membership area in a Carlton Guernsey. No chance. Phil and, and, and people would are probably going to see the other side to this and say, "Well, it's not your ticket. They can do what they want with their ticket. You know, it's not your business." And yeah, it's not. But you know, ninety five percent of people would be on board with us that they are Carlton members, not because of the dollar value. Because of the the value of you are sitting in a safe zone at the football. Well, I'll ask a simple question. So, the people who are probably thinking, oh, I purchased the season membership. I can do what I want for it with it. I can give it to opposition members. Sorry, supporters. What I'll say is, pick, pick, put yourself in the position. If you were sitting at the game yesterday, would you have liked to have been seated next to a Collingwood supporter? Yeah. As that final siren went. Yeah. The answer is no. So have some respect for those people around you and cuz yeah yesterday was ridiculous. Yesterday I mean we we sat there I was, you know during the VFL I was watching the VFL you watching the Hawthorne game we were in that lounge area and yeah it was a joke how many Collingwood fans were streaming through. It was an absolute joke. A joke. I think there needs to be some sort of member, you know, specific game resale or you know something along the lines as an incentive. Yeah, I don't know. It some something has to be done across the league. But I don't like it. it. It's it is petty, but it's just how I see it. Um, boys, one this is from Michael Cerevolo. Boys, once again, lack of composure cost us. The last few years, we've closed out the season poorly. I think we need to review S and C. Um, likewise, some players stepped up, but those that didn't will seriously need to be looking over their shoulder for incoming and upcoming players who will perform in the big games. Mm. Yeah, well. It's- I guess we got our first real taste this year of big games, didn't we? So There's another comment here. I can't find the question. Oh, yeah. 
Gadjo says, a lot of talk that we needed a final to get finals experience, but I think these last two weeks would have been worth would have been worth at least two finals. The fact that we weren't ultimately up to it in the final moments will be great lessons. Do you agree? Additionally, it was great to see Chera stand up and count, be counted. That is the standard. It was great to see Chera stand up. Um, and look, I guess, you know, they were finals-like atmospheres. Well, yesterday was basically a final. Well, yeah, it was a final without being a final. But, you know, it's more the achievement and, you know, you know the significance of, yes, we got through a 22-game season and we hit a target that we set ourselves out to hit and one that we hadn't hit in a while. All right, Bolt. Uh, we had five nominees for the All-Australian squad. Sorry, five uh, inductees into the All-Australian squad. Cripps, Walsh, Wietering, Kerno, and Saad. Um, congratulations to those five. Who do you see as chance to make it? Well, Cripps is a lock. And I actually think Cripps is a good chance to be the captain of the team. Agreed. I think he's a really good shout to be the captain of that team, which would be a great, it'd be great recognition. Um, so it's his first year captaining solo, is it? Yep. Yep. Oh, his first year captaining solo that he'd be in the all. He was he was our solo captain last year, wasn't was he? he? Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Charlie Kerno's a lock. The Coleman medalist will be there. Yeah. Um, Saad will be close. It will. That's probably going to be the. That's the tightest spot on the ground for s- selection for me. The halfback flank. You know, if Saad doesn't make it, I'll be furious personally. I don't know if just because of how unique he is. I don't know if I'll be furious Mm. because if he's not going to be in the team, it's going to be Brayshaw, it's going to be Sinclair, and if he's not in the back pocket, it'll probably be B Maynard. For me, he's overtaken Sinclair. Well, yeah, Sinclair didn't finish the season strongly. No, it'll be tough. But uh, I think Doherty was stiff as well not to be in the squad. Stiff, but I get it. I I I think with Saad. It's going to be tight. I, I, th- look, I bloody hope... He, look, he had an extremely good season. And I bloody hope... He, I think it's going to be tight. I think that is the tightest spot on the ground for selection. Yeah. So, I can't... I'm not going to... I don't think I'd be... I'm not going to be shocked either way. It's just going to be so line ball. Like someone's going to be really unlucky. And the way the All-Australian cards have fallen the last few years, <laughs> I'll tell you who I think will miss it. Yeah, Weedering should be a two-time All-Australian, and he's never made it. Yeah. And he won't make it this year. No. Um, well, I'm bewildered that Jacob Weedering's in the squad, personally. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, I'm bewildered. Well, he was the best defender in the comp for the first three months. Yeah, first 10 games. He had a month off. He came back, wasn't great. Um, but yeah. I just think they put in a plethora of key defenders. We didn't need a pity Jacob Weedering selection. Uh, yeah, I actually couldn't believe it. Um, uh, and, Wal- and, and Walsh and, and Walsh will be tight. Sorry, Walsh. Walsh. Be- Walsh should make it. You reckon? He's in my twenty-two. <sighs> if they- actually definitely is in my twenty-two. You reckon? Yeah, oh. definitely. I don't know. I-, <clears throat> I think Walsh is going to have to rely on them trying to squeeze the midfielders in because I reckon I've got him as the first midfielder out, like. He, I reckon I've got him as like the last one out. So I think he's going to have to get lucky and hope that they don't go with the traditional wingers. Basically, McCluggage is a lock on a wing. Yeah. I think Walsh... He could make that other wing. That's what I'm saying. I think he has to rely on them picking him over Josh Dacos. 
Dacos is in the 40. Is he in the 40? Yeah. Okay. Well, he won't get picked on the wing over Dacos. Yeah. That's why I think Walsh will probably be unlucky. It'll be tight. How did McRae make the 40? Yeah, I'm not sure. I actually don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, and then the AFL PA MVP nominees came out. Yes. Yeah, so Walsh, Weed is Kerno. Yep. We put up as our three nominated plays for the MVP. Walsh, um, well, Cripps is a great shout to win that award as well. Sorry, did I say Walsh? I think I said Walsh Wheatering Kerno. No, you said Walsh Cripps. Oh, I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think Cripps is a great shout to win it. I think he'd yeah, be, I think he'll win it. He's won it before. I think you know the players would see him as just. I think a lot of players would regard him as probably the best midfielder in the game, maybe behind Oliver. But I think in terms of this season, I think he's a really good shout to win it. We put up Jesse Motlop for first best first year player. No arguments there. We didn't really have another first year player. Um, we did have one full stop. Yeah. Anyone else debut for us this year? I don't think so. Who did we even get? In well, the Jordan rookie? Boyd debuted, but it wasn't his first year at the club. Yeah. Who did we get in the rookie draft? Anyone else? Quay. Yeah, and did we get another? Don't think so. Can't remember. Well, anyway, we took Lob and. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, anyway. Our boy um, Cotters. And, um, and then Doherty, most courageous. Just, yeah, an amazing season. He's a shout to win that. A huge shout to win that. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's, some, there's some bulls in there. Yeah. There's some bulls in there. But, yeah. Um, all right. But we'll do a full season review in the next week. Um, but let's leave that there. Have we missed anything? I think we've covered it all. No. Any last words? <laughs> well, it's nice to be relevant again, but just shattering. I guess with relevance comes expectation, and with expectation comes disappointment. Yeah. Well, they took us all the way and couldn't do it. Our final match review in the books. If we haven't released, <clears throat> and in fact we won't have released our season review by Thursday, but get down to our Icon Park and watch the AFLW season opener between Carlton and Collingwood. That is going to be a ripper Darcy Vestio's 50th game. Um, yes. Who deserves a big crowd there. Um, yeah, if you can't... Yeah, I can't think about football, but that's something that um, would be worth going to just to get the, the mind off it off what's happened on the weekend. But, Bolt, um, thank you. No worries. Been a nice season again. Well, yeah. A <laughs> no, nice got... season with a big asterisk. Yeah, look, there's big things to come with the show in the off-season. Trade period will be a big week. Um, looking forward Doesn't to... trade period go for like 15 months? <laughs> um, yeah. Nah, big things come in the off-season. Um, but yeah, a full season review will be coming in the next week. So stay tuned. Thank you, Bolt. No worries. And just before we go heading into the final series, I think we can both say as long as it's not Collingwood from here. Um, yeah, I don't want to see the Bulldogs go deep either. I'd like to see them absolutely spanked this week. Mm. A bit of a, hello, you didn't deserve to make it. Goodbye. Yep. But yeah, I think, we I think have... we're all Melbourne fans. Oh, we can handle a Frio flag. That a Frio that flag would be That great. doesn't affect my life. Frio flag would be good. Uh, Geelong, make a winner flag. How many have they won? We don't want them to get too no, close. No, 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 they're only on nine. Okay, let's keep them there, I reckon. It's generations away. Um, yeah. 
We'll see. I'm on the D's bandwagon, personally. Oof. Talking about getting close, it'd be their 14th. Okay, maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe I'm not. Yeah, Frio. Yeah, gotta Frio. be. Gotta be Frio fans. <laughs> gotta be Frio fans. Frio. But they're not in the four, so then they're, they're probably yeah, not they're going not to. Win. No, we'll see. How six. many of the Swans won? Uh, six. Yeah, I'm a Swan. I'm a Swans Five. fan. Definitely Swans. Definitely Swans. Swans are cats. I'm happy. Uh, Out of the realistic options. (laughs) But you say yourself, you know, isn't it statistically a team always gets knocked out in straights? No, no, it never was a thing. But since the the pre-finals buyers come in, usually someone either goes out in straight sets or, which was always a rarity, the winner of the qualifying final loses their home prelim. With that, that buyer has just mucked a few things up. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll be crossing every toe and every finger that Collingwood go out in agonizing fashion in straight sets. <laughs> they have Geelong this week. I'm looking forward to them leading by 55 points and getting steamrolled. Well, that happened. Earlier that happened the when they played them last time. And then who would they play in the semi? Mm, they got the soft semi. Freo Bulldogs at the G. That'll be nice when Freo beat them. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Go Blues. We'll go Blues. been playing against the famous old Dark Blues.